Well, good morning, church. Wasn't that such a, a great time of worship? I feel like uh, I feel like we got somewhere very potent in that last moment. I don't know about you. I hope you were singing along at home. Whether your voice is one that um, that you wish was amongst the crowds, or you're happy is not amongst the crowds right now. Um, it's just so amazing when we take the moment to actually acknowledge the spirit of God, acknowledge God in our lives, acknowledge God in our homes, acknowledge the things he's done for us. Anyways, uh, I am excited to share a word with you. My name's Josiah, if I haven't had the chance to meet you. Uh, along with my wife, we get the privilege of being the Vernon location pastors, and uh, I get the opportunity to teach and share this morning. Uh, if you are with us, I can see your chat, so please say things that are appropriate in the YouTube chat. You know it is church at all. Um, anyways, we, uh, we're starting a series today. We talked about it last week. I think Pastor Dave mentioned it just in closing of the service, that this month we're gonna do a series on prayers. Now, I have to give a caveat, if I, if I can, about this, is that um, just because of the nature of who I am, I've, I've already diverted from prayers for the first <laughs> message of the series. So maybe, maybe more appropriately, uh, we should call it, uh, this month, we could call it Dreams, Songs, and Prayers, because um, we're going to be talking about dreams this morning. <laughs> Uh, it's Christmas season, it's December, and I feel like even if you're a humbug person, a Scrooge, if you will, once December hits, it's okay for a Christmas tree to be up, it's okay for Christmas music to go on. My wife uh, had been attempting to Christmasify the house uh, long before December, um, but we have a very beautiful home that she and the kids have decorated. Uh, I think to save her sanity this year, she set up a tree for the kids to decorate, and one that she could make pretty. <laughs> um, but this is the Christmas season. So we're going to talk about uh, the Christmas season. And I thought that'd be a great time to talk about some of the prayers and in this case, dreams that exist within the nativity story. I'm, I'm surprised as I go through the scripture, as I go through the Bible of how many auxiliary characters there are in the, the story of the nativity. I say auxiliary, not to say that they are um, characters that you can neglect or that you can throw away, but really that they're characters that you can easily pass by. Uh, next week, Pastor Kimberly is going to be preaching. I don't know what she's going to preach on, but you know maybe she'll hit the songs element rather than the prayers element. But we want to dig in, and I want to talk about a character that you all know in the Bible. Uh, and if if you've never been in church before, um, if you're just tuning in with us for the first time, I promise you, you probably know this character as well. His name is Joseph. And I've titled my message, if you're taking notes at home, you can title this at the very top of your page uh, or your top of your digital device. And my title for the message is Joseph the Dreamer. Joseph the Dreamer. Now I wanna read a opening verse to you um, and the guys on the screens are gonna throw it up on the stage. But if you have a paper Bible, feel free to grab it down from your shelf. We're gonna start in verse 18. This is Matthew chapter one, verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call him Jesus. 
for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took, him, took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Would you bow your heads as we pray this morning? Jesus, your birth, of this we celebrate this month and this time of year. God, help us to hear you this morning. Not just for me to hear you, but to each and every person sitting on their couch, sitting in their office, tuning in in their car, God, that they would hear you. God, we thank you that you sent your son to bridge the gap that there was between us and your presence, to make a way where there was no way, you made a way. God, help us to hear the story of your adopted father and gain wisdom from him and from this account. In Jesus' heavenly name we pray, amen. Now there's a character in the Bible who maybe you know as well. His name's Joseph. Not this Joseph, but a different Joseph. And we would often call him Joseph the Dreamer. You'd know his story maybe uh, if you've seen the Broadway play, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. He was a, a younger brother, not the youngest, uh, but a younger brother, and his older brothers were not super happy with him. He had great dreams about overpowering and being in charge of his brothers, as any younger brother should have. Um, and uh, I'm a younger brother. I just realized, because there's no one in the room to laugh with me, that you may not acknowledge my joke the same. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, he had all these dreams, and we would call him the dreamer. But I was, I was shocked as I read through this story about Joseph to discover that he was a dreamer himself. Joseph, the adopted father of Jesus, is not, uh, you know, he's such an important character, but he's such an auxiliary character too. If you look through the Bible and try and find all the information you can about Joseph, the father of Jesus, you're left with really, you know, maybe 20 passages of scripture. He's talked about in Matthew, he's talked about when Jesus comes to the temple as a 12-year-old boy, and that's about it. He's so important, yet so auxiliary. You know, we hear about Mary, his mother, quite a bit throughout his life. Now, of course, if, if you've done some study on this, you would understand that scholars or those who dig deep into scripture, dig deep into the historical context, would take the, the fact that there is such absence of information about Joseph to demonstrate the fact that he had probably passed away. For certain, he had passed away by the time Jesus died on the cross. Maybe he had passed away before Jesus even started his ministry. Now Joseph, so important, yet so auxiliary. And I wanna look at the, the, the verses in the Bible that talk about Joseph and his relationship to the nativity story, his relationship to Jesus' birth. We talked about one here. It talks about the fact that Mary and Joseph were betrothed to be married. I know, Mary and Joseph were betrothed to be married. We've said Mary twice. <laughs> in the Jewish custom, what would happen is there would be an arranged marriage. Maybe before they were really of age, it would have been determined that these two would get married together. Now the betrothal time of, of their uh, marriage time, I guess, uh, was sort of similar in some ways, but not really at all, <laughs> to our engagement. 
So it was to say that they were going to get married. So in fact, when they were betrothed, you would call them man and wife, you would call them husband and wife, but they had not yet consummated their marriage. The only way in that engagement or betrothal period that you could break away the marriage that was to come to be was by divorce. Now, this is a really um, telling story from the day and age where it's brought into, because Mary has come back from her, her, uh, her auntie's house, or sorry, her cousin's house where Elizabeth is, and she's come back three months pregnant, and this is when Joseph realizes that she's pregnant. Three months pregnant. Now, in that day, there was a lot of laws around this. Now, when it says that Joseph was a merciful man, that he chose to not to put away her lightly, what he was really trying to say was he was trying to save her from being stoned to death. Because the punishment for Mary being with child outside of marriage was to be stoned to death. Joseph, when he is kind-hearted, is talking about doing something to protect her life. Now, of course, we know this story comes that an angel comes to Joseph and he's dreaming. In that day, it was quite clear that dreams would often give you direction from the Lord. Now, we can't call this a prayer per se. We can call it a dream because we don't pray to angels. That's not what we do. We pray to God. And she comes and she has, uh, he has this angelic visit that tells him to keep Mary around. And he does something very simple. He obeys. Joseph's response to hearing from a heavenly being, hearing from a messenger, what we'd call an angel, a messenger from God, his response is obedience. To take his wife still, even though she's three months pregnant. Now, this seems like a a simple thing, perhaps, in this day and age, but three months pregnant would mean that he would have been the, uh, the person or, or the person to blame that people would understood was to blame for being an extramarital affair. It would have been understood that Joseph and Mary had consummated their marriage before marriage time. So he is taking personal blame upon himself. You know, we know this story about Jesus being uh, born to a virgin, but this was not a story that was likely to be told in his day and age. In fact, the truth is this gospel, uh, this, this gospel of Matthew where it talks about Jesus' birth story, to be honest, it's probably one of the few times that it was talked about in that day and age. Jesus would have been understood to be the, the pre-marriage son of Joseph and Mary for a lot of years. He wouldn't have been able to talk about it it wouldn't have been okay. And even at that, his birth in itself was not okay. Joseph does something very simple in his dream. He hears the Lord and he obeys. I want to take you to the next time that we see Joseph in his story. It's in chapter two and they're going to throw it on the screens for me so I get the right reference again. This is in chapter 13. Jesus has been born It says, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Joseph, such a dreamer, saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled what which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. Here we are again, Joseph hasn't even been mentioned since that last scripture we talked about. Mary's been born, the wise men have come, 
And Joseph has a dream again. It says he wakes up and immediately takes them to Egypt. The Israelite people had come to know that Egypt was a good place to escape to. He would have landed in Egypt and there would have been Jewish colonies in there, much like in many of our cities of the day, we may have colonies of different um, races or different uh, uh, nationalities. So they end up in Egypt simply for one thing, the obedience of Joseph. Now, of course, if you read through the scripture, which I highly encourage you to do, you'll hear about Herod, the ruler of that area of the world, sending out people to murder every child that was under two. He was so afraid of this, this child that was born that was prophesied to be the savior of the Jewish people that he sent and murdered. This would be easy to be called a lost generation. Think about all the people in that day and age, all the people Jesus' age would have been murdered. He would have grown up without people in his day and age who were the same age as him. A little bit older or two years younger. Murdered in attempts to murder him. And Joseph being such an auxiliary character plays such an important part in the story of Jesus. The dream comes to Joseph to say, flee here to save my son. An adopted father doing the bidding of the heavenly biological father. Willingly, lovingly. Now let's look at this third passage, if we can. It's still in Matthew 2. Uh, I believe we start in 19. And it says, now when Herod was dead, the ruler of the day had died. Behold, another angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Man, this guy dreams a lot saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Arch Elis, and I probably butchered that name, <laughs> was reigning over Judea, instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. This is it. You might find one, two, three other passages about Joseph, but this is about it. Joseph the dreamer, the adopted father of Jesus, who four times has a dream. And what's his response to a dream or a word from God? It's simple. He obeys it. Why do we find these auxiliary characters in the Bible that have such little about them but yet the Bible is written so that we can hear the word of God, so we can know what he said, and we can apply it to our lives. What is there really to apply in the story of Joseph? A man who dreams four times, hears from an angel, hears from God, turns away, does these little things to adjust his life. A man that simply all he did very clearly was lead his family. Isn't it amazing that the, the sufficiency of Joseph's life was that he heard the Lord of God, the heard the Lord God was obedient to what he heard by leading his family. Can I encourage for a moment the men in the room? You are given a great responsibility. Do not take it lightly. You are given a great responsibility to lead your family. Now, I am uh, a father of two and a half children. Uh, my wife's pregnant. That's just... <laughs> 
I'm never sure how flat my jokes fall now. <laughs> Usually they're very flat, and now I think they're just a little bit flatter. Now, I remember, um, I remember going through, I probably wouldn't have said it at the day because I'm a man and I can't share my feelings, right? Um, but I remember going through a bit of a crisis, finding out that Eli was gonna be born, my son, my firstborn. Because I had spent a lot of days uh, working um, in varying occupations. You know, I was, a, I was a barista when we got married. So, you know, really, you know, in, in fact, I was, I was so much of an odd choice that there was people who were very concerned about my wife when we got married. <laughs> Not because I was a bad person, but because I didn't, you know, I didn't fit the bill, I guess. Um, but I was a barista at the time, and and I remember finding out that we were pregnant and uh, we were renting a basement suite at the time and, and going into uh, very much like a breakdown uh, internally, realizing that I was going to, I was, I was uh, so confident in what this world had to offer that I was gonna bring someone who had no choice into it. I remember realizing that I was going to need to have some stability in my finances. Where before I thought, you know, if I didn't make enough money this week, I'll eat craft dinner all week, or I'll just eat rice, or I won't eat, and that'd be fine. But to put that on my children and my wife was not something I was comfortable doing. A weight landed on my shoulders after I realized I was gonna be a father. And I think that's actually right. I think there's meant to be a weight that sits on the shoulders of men who lead their family. It's called a weight of leadership. Now, you would know this if you know me, or if you know any men in your world, that that weight of leadership is probably a bit heavier than I can handle. But Joseph gives us such a great example of fatherhood, an adopted father who takes the blame for Mary being pregnant outside of marriage that isn't his fault. He marries her nonetheless, and all he simply does is he obeys the word of God when it comes to him. Men in the room, your responsibility as leader of your family isn't to hold the weight, but to enable yourself to hear the Lord. To hear the word of the Lord so that when you direct things, it's not you who's carrying the weight, but it's the Lord that's carrying the weight. I don't wanna be the man of Joseph who hears this word and says, depart and go to Egypt because they're going to kill your children and have to put that on my shoulders. Joseph does not make these decisions on his shoulders. He makes the decisions based on the word of God, the hearing of the word of God. Joseph, such an auxiliary character, <laughs> yet so much he has to offer. It's, I don't even know, I may be wrong, but I, I don't even think there is a word from Joseph written in the Bible. He doesn't say anything in these accounts. He doesn't talk to Mary. I'm not saying that's a good idea. That's not what I'm saying. He hears the Lord and he does. He's not accounted for a word, but he's accounted for great action. Let us be people who are not accounted for the words that we have, but of the actions that we took. Joseph, such an auxiliary character, but a simple thing that he does. He hears the word of the Lord, and he obeys. 
I want to encourage you. I know I've talked maybe specifically to some men uh, for a moment. Um, Not that this is exclusively relevant to men. But what what I take away from this story of Joseph, the dreamer, he hears the dream of the Lord. He hears the dreams that God has spoken. He's willing to be the adopted father. He's willing to be with Mary and raise more children. Jesus had brothers. He had sisters. He was willing to be a part of the story, the amazing nativity story, even if it was just auxiliary. Joseph, the simple thing I learned from him is I learned of hearing the word of God and being obedient with the word from God. This is the opportunity now for you. Because we don't come to church so that we can hear things from me or learn things from me because that won't fare us very well. We come to church so we can hear things from God and we can develop and hear the direction from God. Everything that Joseph heard from God was a direction. It was a directive. It required him to do something. His obedience was in doing. I'm thinking about Joseph's story. I'm thinking about your life right now. I'm thinking that God has a desire to speak to you. He has a desire for you to hear him. You know, we're entering into December, and I may say this a few times as I share over this month, The December is such an amazing time for us to celebrate Jesus' birth. And it's such an opportunity for us to miss out on focusing on Jesus. You go into the street and you ask 30 people what Christmas is about. You know what you'll likely hear? You'll hear family. That's not bad. But even my family can be a distraction from my relationship with Jesus. I wonder today, have we heard from the word of God and have we obeyed? Hearing is one step, but obeying is an action. Right now, why don't we take a moment, close your eyes. You're in your house, you can be weird. (laughs) It's okay. Why don't we just ask God? Why don't you repeat this with you if you've got children in the room? I, I encourage you, invite your children to be a part of this relationship with Jesus, a part of this action. Don't wait till your children are 12 or 14 before they have a relationship and an experience with Jesus. Jesus did not wait. When people tried to keep the children away from Jesus, he said, stop it. Right now, why don't you invite your children to say this prayer with us? Heavenly Father, what are you speaking to me? Have I been obedient to what you've spoken to me? Now let's do one of those amazing steps that we so often miss. Let's listen. Jesus, I thank you that you are speaking. God, I thank you that 
the weight that may sit on our shoulders can be carried by you. I thank you for the strength, the courage, the power to be obedient, to hear you in a dream, and to act. God, I thank you that you sent your son, and I thank you for the story of your adopted father, Joseph, the dreamer. Let us walk this day enveloped or wrapped in your presence. Closer than anything else in your presence. Because God, we want to know you more. We want to know you more than we know you now. We want to experience you more than we have experienced you yet. God, we want to be comforted by you more than we've been comforted before. God, we want to know you. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.